I'm Colin. And I'm Megan. And this is Pet Pet Sitter Confessional, Confessional, an open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Pet Sitter Confessional. We appreciate you joining us today. This weekend, we were able to kind of get away. We didn't have any clients that booked us, and so we canceled our Friday daycares and spent the weekend at Colin's dad's house, Mm -hmm. which was very nice. It's in the middle of nowhere, and we were just able to relax and just be enjoy, by ourselves yeah, be by ourselves and enjoy each other's company this this weekend with everything going on it was a, a nice reprieve and so with that we wanted to just briefly touch on everything that's going on at least here in the united states we didn't want this episode to go out uh, without at least acknowledging the murder of george floyd by a police officer in minneapolis we want you our listeners to know that we find this abhorrent and wrong in every imaginable way. And a while ago, we had mentioned that the Pet Sitter Confessional group and community was a safe place for those who were dealing with issues with their business. Both Megan and I want you to know that our group, our community, is a safe place for everybody in all walks of life in all race, ethnicities, creeds, and, and religions, that this community is, is for you uh, as dog walkers, as pet sitters, as pet care providers. And so with everything that's been going on, there have been some curfews in some major cities like Chicago and elsewhere. And so some pet care providers are not being able to provide service after dark. And so just keeping that in mind that, you know, once it gets dark around nine o'clock or whatever time where you live, if there is a curfew, just know that you need to explain to your clients that you will not be able to provide service after this time because of everything that's going on mm-hmm. and also for your safety as well. So again, Megan and I want you to know that we we do see everything going on and we do know that there is an immense amount of pain on both sides of this and that this is going to get ugly, but that what we need is community and for people to be listening to each other. And positivity during this time. So if you have something that you would like to share about your experience, whether during these curfews or anything else, please do not hesitate to give us a call, reach out to us on email or social media. We want to hear how you are being impacted by this or maybe impacted through, uh, through other ways that you don't feel like is being heard enough because your story will help other people. So for today's topic, we are going to talk about questions that you may get asked by clients. We recently had three meet and greets kind of back to back, and that was a kind of weird for us. We hadn't done a new meet and greet in a really long time, it felt like, especially yeah. with, the, the sh- with the lockdowns. And then having three was, you know, a, a good boost to our confidence <laughs> of, hey, people are going to start traveling a little bit and wanting us a little bit more. And I could definitely tell that, at least I know I felt a little rusty as far as how to respond to certain questions or how to lead the conversation. Both Megan and I thought it'd be kind of interesting to sit down and answer how we would some of the really common questions. If you go online and Google questions to ask your pet sitter, one of the first ones that's going to come up is from care.com. We want to sit down and 
answer those questions. And so the first one is, what type of pet sitting experience do you have? Well, this is going to vary based on how many clients you've had, how long you've been doing this. And so explaining to the client, I have done this for X number of years. I have watched this many pets and I have provided this array of services. So for us, we would say we have been doing this. We have been pet sitting for almost nine years. We have watched hundreds of clients in multiple states and we have done house sitting. We started off house sitting. We've moved to then daycares, boarding and drop-in checks. Yeah, this is a really good time to note, as Megan mentioned, not just the length of your care, but also the diversity of care that you have provided and different animals that you've cared for. Maybe if you have a specific training and a certain thing that now is the time during this answer to highlight that. Right. So if you have first aid certification, CPR certification, Mm -hmm. Uh, if you have experience administering medication, even if you don't think that the client that is asking you that question needs medication administered to their pet, it still shows something about you, still shows a level of experience and a level of professionalism. So this next one is, how do you operate? So that's pretty simple. I operate either in my home or in your home. We would say we do both. A lot of people do both. Um, Some people who don't board just operate in the client's home. And being very clear about that, sometimes the the lingo or the jargon in the pet sitting community can be a little confusing. What exactly is a drop-in versus a daycare versus a boarding? And now would be a really good time during this question to differentiate that and let them know exactly what services you offer, but feel them out and let them know that, hey, whatever you feel like is best for your pet, if you're able, try and meet that for them. Another commonly asked question is, do you have any business credentials? And so we just talked about this a little bit with pet first aid and CPR training. But this also goes into, do you have insurance? Do you have... Are you bonded? Right. Maybe are you registered as a professional pet sitter with some sort of organization? Are you listed in your city? Do you have a website? Do you have these kind of things that say it's an actual business and that you can show and talk about to people? Are you Better Business Bureau accredited Mm -hmm. is another one. Possibly even having background checks or having that option available for people to check your background or hand those out to people to see what kind of background you have. The client may also want to know if you have any pet-specific training. So if you have any dog behavior certifications or dog training certifications, if you've gone through any classes or even read books, listen to podcasts, anything really helps because you are more knowledgeable than the typical dog owner. Use this question to address maybe a specific problem that you dealt with with a pet during your time and how you corrected it. Or maybe you had a specific question from a client. They asked you of, hey, how do I kennel train my dog? And you can tell the new client, I've helped kennel train dogs. I've helped leash train dogs. I've helped potty train dogs. Those can be addressed in this kind of question. Maybe you're not necessarily certified in any of these, but these are tasks and these are skills that you have developed over time that you can put on this. Treat these kind of questions as a resume and be ready to throw stuff out there that you know that you've done. You may also get asked for references. So if you are on a platform like Rover or WAG or Care.com, the person contacting you will likely have already seen your references, but they may either want to see more, or if you aren't on those platforms, then you may potentially have reviews on your website, 
Google My Business, Yelp reviews. So there are Facebook reviews. And so there are lots of ways to get people to write you a review. And I would add that a reference may be a little bit more involved than just a review. That a reference may be somebody that the new client wants to call and ask specific questions about your character that they might not be able to see just on general reviews. So much like a job interview. Exactly. So there you have three, maybe five people that you just have on a piece of paper that you've notified them that you're going to be handing them out as references and that they are prepared to answer certain questions about your character and how you run and operate your business. So there I would select past clients to speak to how you, how you care for pets. Uh, if you have maybe personal references that can speak to your character and mix them in there a little bit, but don't just have them all be clients or all be people who you've never watched pets for. You need to have a little bit of both. Right. It should not be your mom, your grandma, your aunt. You know. <laughs> Another question that a client is going to have that may not be necessarily spoken, but is going to be, are you going to get along with my pet? And to this, we would say, meet and greet. Yeah. Do, and it's, it's sad that you have to say this, but remind the client to bring their pet to the meet and greet. Because they might not <laughs> think well, to do that. And we just had this uh, last week. Yes. <laughs> she, she had a client had scheduled a meet and greet and then and the next day had asked, oh, I need to bring my pet with me, right? And I said, <laughs> yes. The whole point of the meet and greet. <laughs> right. But reminding your clients that, you know, if they've never done this before or if they this is their first pet ever, they may not know what this looks like. And so reminding them, yes. Your, your pet needs to be there so I can interact with them, so I can assess how we are going to get along if you bring another dog to the meet and greet, how they are going to get along. Mm -hmm. But this is an interesting question because some pet sitters are doing Zoom or FaceTime meet and greets these days. And as a pet sitter, it's important to remember that, yes, we like meet and greets because it allows us to get to know the pet. But this question of, do you get along with my pet, is going through the owner's mind the entire time. So remember that they are watching you and how you're interacting with their pet during the meet and greet. They're going to want to see how you pet them, how you reach out to them, how you talk to them, how you play with them. You are being watched and interviewed in that process too. Yes, it's important that we get hands-on with the animal and that we get to interact with them so we can assess if they're going to be a good fit with other clients or with us and how we operate, the owner is watching you to make sure that you're not doing anything bad or things that they find offensive. Well, and for most of us, that's pretty easy. We got into this because we love pets. We mm -hmm. love dogs. We love cats. We, some of us even love snakes. I am not necessarily <laughs> one of them, but, but all pets are wonderful. And so we got into this so we could love on them. Right. So that's pretty easy for most of us. It is, especially on, for most days, I think. But on those days where we aren't in a good mood and we are feeling rushed and we've got other things on our mind, it's kind of easy to let the meet and greet go on autopilot. So being really present during that time so that you can have your clients, your potential clients, full attention and you have your full attention on the pet because your clients are going to see that. That will come through at that time. What's the next question? Will we have a signed pet sitting agreement or contract? Yes. yes. <laughs> this, yeah. Definitely. As we've discussed on the show before, this is very important, not only for liability reasons, but just so 
the client knows what to expect, what services you provide, your cancellation policies, your late fees, hours you operate, just everything needs to be covered in that contract that they sign. And even if they don't read it, that's not your problem. They have signed it. (laughs) You know that they've signed it and you can cover your butt as much as possible. Right. And this speaks to one of that earlier questions of, do you have any business credentials? Having a formal contract or agreement really speaks to professionalism and that this is being taken seriously. So don't skip out on this. It may be easy sometimes to not have somebody sign it because it's rushed or you have other things you want to be doing. But don't skip out on this one. We also wanted to go over some of the questions that we have been asked at Meet and Greet. Some of these on the list have we have been asked, but there are others that weren't on the list. And one of those is, why did you start pet sitting? Mm-hmm. And as Megan alluded to earlier, this is going to be previous. This is going to be a pretty easy answer for most of us. But I think for Megan and I, you know, we would answer this by saying we grew up with pets. We grew up with dogs. We grew up with caring for them. And it was training them. Training them. It was a very natural process to get into that. And when we were in graduate school, we had a need to earn extra money and start pet sitting. And we didn't really know where it was going to go, but we knew we loved it. And now, almost nine years later, we're still here. And it's, it's a bigger business than we ever expected it to be for us. And it's different because we started off house sitting and doing drop-in checks. And now we're primarily doing boarding and daycares. So it's evolved for us over the years. Mm-hmm. Another question that we get asked an awful lot is, will there be other dogs during Friday's day? And the answer most of the time is yes. So we got asked this two weeks ago during a meet and greet, and we said, probably not. I mean, we can't tell you for sure because it was the stay is still a few weeks away. Mm-hmm. But with the pandemic happening, business has been really slow. And so during the weekends, we haven't really had a lot of clients. Mm-hmm. And so the likelihood of another dog being here during the time is probably pretty low. Um, but before the pandemic, we would say, yeah, we, we have a limit of dogs that we take in our home. But yes, it is very likely that your dog will be around a couple other dogs. We don't operate like a kennel, so it's not a large amount of dogs, but there are a few here. And we use that time to ask them, how does your dog get along with other dogs, big dogs, small dogs? We also describe, if we know, we also describe the temperament of the other dogs that are going to be at our house during that time and discuss how we handle skirmishes or aggressive behavior and how we can separate and how we can deal with those kind of issues that come up. Right. But a lot of times this is handled before the meet and greet. In the initial question that I pose back to them once they've contacted us, I will say, does your dog or dogs get along with small children and other dogs? Right. Because those are our two main concerns. Because a lot of times we do have other dogs here. And of course, we have our two and four-year-old always running around. So those are our two main questions. Now, for those doing drop-in checks, this likely won't be an issue because you won't have any other dogs to interact with. But for those who offer pack walks or walks with multiple dogs, that may be a question that you want to ask them as well. Does this, does this dog get along with others? And we know that a lot of these questions on this list will likely be answered on your website if you have one or your Facebook page. Or a new intake form for a new client that before you even get to a meet and greet or any sort of communication, they fill out a lengthy form of check boxes or fill in the blanks 
that answers all of these kind of questions. Right. But as I mentioned with the contract, a lot of people won't read the contract and there will be some people who just don't read your website. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Which is very frustrating when you have it clearly outlined on your website of your hours or what kind of dogs you take Mm -hmm. or who your service area. But a lot of times people just won't read that or they'll miss it entirely. And so being ready to answer these questions in your initial email back to them or at the meet and greet is really going to help you. And if you feel like you're getting a lot of these questions a lot of the time, or maybe you get the same two or three questions very frequently, maybe that's a good sign that you need to elevate that information somewhere on your website. A frequently asked questions page. Or maybe posting more about it on social media or having banners or something so that you don't get asked those same questions over and over and over again. As Colin and I have said many times over the 63 episodes that we have done this podcast, we are not experts. We don't claim to be experts. We don't have all the knowledge in the world about pet sitting and pet care and running a business, although I wish we did. (laughs) And Um, that's why we have turned to you guys and wanted to hear your stories and learn from you and share what you have learned with other people. That's the whole reason why we started this podcast. And so with that, we are very excited to very excited, yeah. <laughs> to bring on a pet business coach. Mm-hmm. You heard her a couple weeks ago in episode 59, Natasha O'Banion with Start Scale Sale. It is her pet business coaching, and she's going to be answering some of the most frequently asked pet sitting business questions over the next several weeks. Right. And so we are so excited to have mm-hmm. her on. Right. So every Monday, we're going to be including a segment with her on it answering a question that either we see being asked very frequently or we get from you guys. So if you have questions that you would want Natasha to answer, please email us at feedback at petsitterconfessional.com. So here's Natasha. This is Natasha Banyan, pet business coach with Start Scale Sale. And on today's question, we have that many pet care businesses are starting to open up post-COVID-19. And the question is, how can they scale back up quickly? Which I think this is an amazing question because that's kind of where we all are right now. Um, Every state is, you know, jumping on their stay-at-home orders or releasing. And what I would tell most pet care businesses to do right now is to focus on your marketing. So if you were the person who didn't have that much time previous to all that's happened before, this is the time to say, hey, this is kind of like your relaunch if you have, you know, that, that comeback statement. So if you want to start honing down on your colors, your branding, your themes, if you want to do events, how now do you want to come back into your community and show, you know, what your business is about? So how can you scale quickly? We all know that a lot of businesses, unfortunately, are not going to make it. So I would invest in Google ads right now. Because people, you know, some people who have been connected to the previous dog walker and some who say, hey, my walker is not ready to come back in business, Where, who's next? They're going to go online. So I personally would put the money into Google ads. I would make sure you have your social media up to par. Um, so then when they do land on your page, they can see, oh, wow, this business you know, with someone that I want to consider. Same thing they would do when they first research, you know, how to find a dog walker or a pet sitter. You want to make sure when they land on your business, it's a one-stop situation. So again, focus on your marketing, focus on your ads, focus on really putting yourself out there so you can stand out. 
So one thing we've done in our company is we started to get more into e-commerce. We have now started to do like bow ties and leashes and harnesses and we do our dog walks. So now they're like, oh, wow, this company is really fun. They have color and they also sell stuff that I can buy. They are taking me to their marketplace. So I want to start introducing different avenues of our income source. So if you want to start scaling quickly, just make sure you're the person that they see when they first step out there. So the second part of this is if you have previously furloughed your employees, how to bring them back, what you would do is just be human. Reach out to them via text message, call them, say, hey, guys, we are looking to reopen the business on X, Y, day, let's say, you know, the first of the, of the month. Are you planning on returning? So reach out to your current staff first. Most of them will say, yes, I'm ready to go. That's what they, what I was kind of nervous. I'm like, am my staff going to come back? I think they're making more money on unemployment now. <laughs> so I'm like, are they going to come back? But just reach out. And all of them were like, definitely, yes, let's go. Let's do it. So I was like, cool, check mark. I already had my team back on. So see who you have because you also, if you like, for instance, I'm in a multiple state. So I need to decide, am I going to open all my states? Or am I going to open the most that we have the most clients? First step is to see who's coming on board so you know how many employees you have. Then you want to reach out to your clients. Hey, listen, guys, we're reopening on the first. I know a lot of pet sitters are sending out just like social media blasts, but you want to go a step further. Reach out to every single client individually because they will even tell you the day they're going back to work. But then that kind of gives you an idea. Hey, Susie, you know, we need you to start on you know the middle of the month you know i need you to start on the first of the month you can kind of start bringing your employees back in one by one trickling them in you don't want to go in and bring every single person and you have little to no work so get an idea of who you have on hand get an idea of which clients are planning on coming back which clients are planning on coming back in a month or so um, just so you have a full picture of what to do next so that's kind of an idea how to bring your staff back but for me this whole COVID thing is kind of a wrinkle in time. I think you want to kind of look at it as just if you were opening up your business in the first place, what would you do? You know, I would kind of take out the whole pandemic scare, the whole frantic situation of being in a pandemic. Take it step by step as you would do if you were going to open your company from day one. What do you have? What do you need? And where are you going? So that's kind of the recipe to start scaling with taking out the fear factor and like, oh my God, are we going to be able to do this? Yes. <laughs> You've opened up a company before. you started a business before. It's the same thing. All you're doing is going right back in there with even more experience this go around because you've already been there and done that. We thank you very much again for listening to this episode. If you want to hear more from Natasha or have her as your pet sitting business coach, you can go to our website, startscalesale.com and enter the code PSC20 for 15% off her eight week course. And if you would like to get in touch with us, you can call us at 636-364-8260. Almost got that or find us on any social media platform at Pet Sitter Confessional. And we have a couple wonderful interviews coming up for you this week, and we hope you will tune in and subscribe if you are not already. Thank you so much. Bye.